0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rayl Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me is my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams.
1: Hello and welcome.
0: For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com.
1: Our special guest today is Simon Severino. Simon is an Italian who's found his way to Vienna in Austria. We'll go figure, we'll talk about that later. Um, Simon is a speaker, author, and he's the CEO of the consulting firm Strategy Sprints. Welcome, Simon.
2: Thank you, Lindsay. Excited to be here. Hello, Raelle. Hello, everybody. So, Simon, you... You're doing some interesting
1: work, and um you do a bit of stuff with gamification and uh, you're doing you know a lot of strategy stuff um how does how does that all weave into making a business more successful?
2: You know it's eighteen years now that I coach executive teams of online businesses on how to run a company with this high rate of change outside. So how do you run a company when you don't really know what's going on, basically? And that has become more and more relevant. And this week is the perfect proof, right? My goodness, what's going on in the markets? Nobody knows what's going on next week. <laughs> I I have my, my finger on the trigger to buy some dips on the market in the next 60 minutes, actually, after this. But I don't know what's happening next week. And so it has become more and more relevant. And my contribution, because I am in the trenches, I sit with these guys, with four people, with five people, and we have to decide, do we go into this market with that product or improve the product in the same market? Do we do less of this or more of this? And we have zero knowledge. Nobody has. So I had to come up with a process That is trustable when you know nothing, when you have zero numbers. How do you collect what you can collect when you cannot possibly know long term? And that has become the Strategies sprints Method. And after 17 years, I have now made it a simple thing. It's three strategies, three habits, and three numbers. And we can unpack them with examples if you want.
0: Okay. And so, Simon, I mean, part of what you, you know, reading up your bios and things like that, you work mostly well with SaaS companies, which is kind of a relatively new, you know, phenomenon, you know, software as a service for those who don't know what SaaS is, uh, but also service-based businesses. So, it's not physical product a lot of the time. It's it's either a software service or a, a delivered service. How how and, and before we move into it, but you you know, you spoke about finding markets and not kn- knowing what's going on, you know, you know, not knowing the future. How do you how how much different is it if it's a service or a SaaS, which is a service, or a physical product? How much differentiation is there?
2: That's a huge difference in terms of supply chain, in terms of the logistics, the planning is different. And you have different risk categories and different things to manage. You have different cost positions in terms of fixed and variable costs, and you have completely different marketings. So we work only with online professional services and software builders. So online professional services, most consultancies have worked with us at some point, and uh, many, many agencies, marketing agencies, and also financial advisors. And in, in the recent years, also bigger solopreneurs like speakers, online educators, YouTubers who have an audience and want to systemize that to make their income more repeatable, more reliable, more scalable because they have started something. They are passionate about it. It's now big but how to manage it. So they need to let go of some parts. They need to start hiring key positions. And for that, you need systems. And this is where our three habits, three numbers come in really handy. And if you jump directly into systems and tactics, you might you might build the wrong systems and the wrong tactics. That's why we say stop, stop, stop. Before we build any system, we map out And we calibrate with the three strategies. And the three strategies are, hey, let's check these three things. If we do this, will it move forward your sales frequency by 25% in the next 90 days, your conversion rate by 25%, or your price by 25%? If it doesn't, we will not do any improvement, any tactic, any tool, in that direction so first the three strategies improve by 25 percent in the next three months frequency conversions or price this is how we prioritize and then we we pull from the 274 tools available
0: okay but let me can i just you said 90 days in there you know why 90 days not 12 months i mean or six months i mean you know can you make real change in those 90 days
2: Great question. So how long does it take to make real change? And and what is real change? So real change means you have to break current patterns. You have to give it a time because the breaking will need many, many, many nudges and it will need the right context. This is where gamification comes in, as Lindsay says, many nudges and the right context then you have to break these patterns so you have you have to continuously nudge and when i say nudge you have to be a pain in the butt and really say come on come on can we do this try that hey have you tried this and then this takes according to our last 17 years of delivery and and we are very numeric so we 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 measure these things according to our setting it takes around 20 to 28 days to break patterns. And if you think of you are changing a diet or you're trying to run a marathon, it's kind of what it takes, right? When you start running or when you start writing down what you eat, that's around 20 to 28 days. It's similar also in my in in my private life, 20 to 28 days to let go of old patterns. We call it breaking the patterns. And then how long does it take to install the new more supporting more healthy patterns that is around 75 to 85 days in our context so that's why we came up with 90 days and we said how small can we make it because we don't want to make our clients dependent from us i never liked the kind of consultant that makes you totally dependent they know your problems they continuously upsell you something because they know all the acupuncture points and so they they always upsell 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 and they want to be there forever i get it it's a nice business model but i don't like it as a business owner i don't want to be dependent from any supplier and uh, and so i don't want to be dependent from coaches so i created a thing where in 90 days you can get rid of your coaches again (laughs) if you want And if you want, you can book them again for 90 days. Some of our clients do, but some do just 90 days and say, I'm fine. I've doubled my revenue. Amazing, guys. Uh, Let me continue on this track for one year and uh, let's talk next quarter. So you start with strategy first
1: and then you move into habits and then you said numbers. So I'm assuming the habits is to break
2: a pattern and install a pattern, correct? Correct. The three habits that we install are daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. Okay. And the That's problem awesome. is, how do you steer something when you have no data? And basically right now, nobody has a data. Whatever company you run right now, you have no clue what's going to happen next week. The supply chain might break. You might not get some parts. You might lose employees. Employees might get a bigger stimulus check and they don't come back. So so many things that can happen right now. And so we, what are the 5% that you can really control? These are the three habits, daily, weekly, monthly. Daily, you can write down how you spend your time, really write down six o'clock, I go running, seven, I do breakfast with the kids, eight, I write 600 words, uh, half past 10 uh, I have my first meeting really writing down the nitty gritty of the day and in the, in the evening reflecting on two questions. One, which of these things that I did will I delegate tomorrow to somebody that does it better than me? And the second question is, if I would live more intentionally and more freely, what would I do tomorrow? The first question helps you systemize, helps you finding the time suckers, energy suckers so that you can systemize. The second question helps you think bigger again. For example, I came up with, oh, I always wanted to write a book. I'm not writing a book. I have to start start this project if I want to make this happen. And so that's the daily habit. Everybody in the team writes down how they allocate their time and they all become Managers and leaders in terms of they all start delegating and even hiring. I have team members hiring for their own support positions and and it's serving very well. The weekly habit, get your three numbers, marketing numbers, operations numbers, sales numbers, every seven days. At this point, some people go, but I don't have them every seven days. Well, then we will help you Really, become more like Lego than like Duplo. Become in smaller parts, smaller tasks, so that you can measure them. Because one month later is so late. In 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 with this with this uh, rate of change that we are in, it's late. You want to learn quicker. Um, You want to get the weak signals. You want to get the signals early. And uh, that's the weekly habit, having this. Once a month, we do strategy. So bigger picture, and uh, and we look at, are we going in the right direction at the right pace? What are our three competitors doing? Is it relevant? Do we need to change anything? No? Okay, let's move forward. Oh, we need to change anything. Okay, what do we do? And then also checking the confidence. Does everybody believe 100% that we are doing the right thing for the right people at the right price and in the right place? And if one of the team members is below 100%, we stop everything and say, okay, let's go deeper. Let's let's have this conversation right now very, very honestly. Because if we don't believe at least 100%, the other side listening will believe even less, right? There is always a a delay and uh, maybe 30%, 40% less confidence on the other side. If I don't believe in my product, how can I expect you to believe in it and to, and to buy it? These are the three habits.
0: So, so how do you ingrain that? I mean, you know, the average CEO or entrepreneur or solopreneur in, in my experience has the attention span of a goldfish most of the time, you know, they, 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 they swim around the bowl and go, it's a rock, it's a rock, it's a rock. Well, you know, how, what are you doing with your clients to get them to, to, to change their,
2: their, their basic habit to actually following a plan? Beautiful question. And I am the same. I am one of these CEOs who has the attention span of a squirrel uh, or I'm like a dog who sees a squirrel and so <laughs> I get excited and I have the new thing going on. And my team then says, okay, Simon, we have already five projects going on. This would be number six. Okay, so let's go to our dashboard and you pick which one we will deprioritize. So as you can see, I cannot change my personality. That's that's who I am and we founders, we s- small business owners, we are like that. We are forces of nature. We 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 come up with stuff all the time and that's our superpower. I not I don't try to change anybody. Um what I try to do is okay, let's embrace it. We are creative, we are s- forces of nature. We need systems that um, you know that channel this energy and form it into something focused, calm, and consistent. So that's why we have we have all these loops. So my team on Friday has a dashboard with these three numbers, and then Simon comes and says, "Oh, I found that we should do NFTs. Oh my God, we should do an NFT of something of of one of our tools. Should be an NFT on OpenSea." And they go like, "Yes, yeah, Simon, great idea, wonderful." Now, we show you the the capacity planning of this week. We show you what the real bottleneck is. And then we decide, okay, Simon. (laughs) So they do an eight minutes bottleneck analysis and they show me, yeah, it's great. It will go into the backlog, but it's not something we're going to focus on for this week because we have chunks of seven days. And so we have to pick a bottleneck. So I will have to argument now with numbers why this is solving the current bottleneck. And it, it will not get through. Uh, my team is usually much, much more reality-driven and numbers-driven. And I usually come with opportunities. They are intangibles. They are basically based on emotions and ideas. So we have a system that uh, is, is balancing that. I'm. I hope this answers your question.
1: Yeah. So, Simon... We talked about, before we got on, came on to the interview, we talked about a number of the strategies you've employed and you talked about um, one called Maximize Your ROL, the return on luck. And uh, I said, oh, we've got to talk about that. So um, what's this return on luck uh,
2: strategy that you employ? Jim Collins uh, coined this term and he said, how is it possible that some teams get so much more lucky than other teams. If you look at the Fortune 500 list, uh, most of them just don't survive very long. I think it was 15 years at his, when he was researching it where you had somebody on the F500 list and everybody else was dying. So he was super interested. How do How do these 15 who stay in the game prepare the field for luck to land on their field and not on their competitor's field. But it's luck. Let's be honest, right? We, we, we try a ton of things and some, some things are lucky. They, they really work. And when we find them, we double down on them. So he was researching what makes the difference in the behavior of these 15% teams. Uh, sorry, 15 teams and, um, and he stopped at some point, but I was still curious. And so I continued looking at teams who outperform. And um, I am in the Silicon Valley Blockchain Society. I, I see a lot of teams really outperforming the market and uh, riding technologies and executing faster than other teams. And what I observe is they run more experiments. These are teams who... Who have more errors per week, per month. If you look at Google, there is a, there is a website that tracks all the, 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 the failures of Google in the last months. So they run many, many projects as experiments. They are not married to this project. They say, okay, let's test it. Let's experiment for three months, six months. And then they run these experiments and they kill them pretty, pretty quickly. So for Google, they kill them after three months, six months, which is pretty quick for their size. Right. And smaller teams, they can run 10, 20, 30, 50 experiments per month. This is what we call rapid prototyping, where you don't launch a product, you pre-launch it. So you can test many things. And so who has the highest return on luck? ROL. Teams who experiment 50 things in one quarter because one of these 50 things has the probability to work. And when you have found something that works, now you stop with the 49 other things and you double down on this. And then it's just about you know improving it every week, improving, improving, improving. And so this is what makes the difference. Tr- run multiple parallel experiments. And then you will find one thing that hits.
0: So, I mean, Henry Ford, actually, and going back to real product, but Henry Ford was quoted as, as being asked by a journalist, how come he, he, he was so good and so lucky? And he said, well, he jumped at the good opportunities. And the reporter said, well, how did you know which were the good opportunities? And Henry Ford said, I just kept jumping. You know, I looked at everything and I tried everything and then some of them worked and those were hugely successful. So so, so, do a lot of entrepreneurial businesses lack the ability to to dive in, to actually go, let's just try it and see what happens?
2: You know, is, is that a skill they need to learn? I think most of the people that I see – They come from a technical background. And so they are amazing at building great products. And when you have that, it's both a bliss and a curse. Because if you look at adoption, not always the best product gets gets most traction and most adoption. So you have to find the mix of, I I always say, half the day is product, half the day is sales. Whatever team you are, split yourself up. Half the day is product half the days is is is, uh, is sales or split the team up the whole week half team does products and half team does sales if you're a startup or if you're a very small company these are the two things to do but having a great product doesn't make you successful. having great sales doesn't make you successful you need both and um, and in the beginning it's more important to have great sales. And then on the long run it's really important to have both uh, in place 50-50. This is, is the a, focal.
1: It's 50-50, it's it's even.
2: I don't have numbers about that, but my feeling is at the beginning in order to get the plane flying, you get to, you need to pre-launch it, you need to pre-sell it. Sure. And then when you have sold it, you build it with your clients, right? So ideally you have a professional service or a SaaS, and you build with the first users. You get paid for innovation, and so and and then you have after three months, six months, one year, you have a great product. Now you still need sales because at this point you have to keep the profitability so that you can reinvest. Because the life of your users changes, as as we see right now, their life changes, and with that. Changes their needs. So you will need to continuously check. Hey, are we still solving your main problem? Is this problem that was your problem still your main problem? Are we solving it still in the right way, in the best way? And so you have to keep doing that. And in order to do that, you need some profits. And to have profits, you need a reliable sales system. So in my gut feeling is I would like 50 50, a reliable sales process and a product team that always asks clients, hey, is this still working?
1: So how important are relationships in all of this? I mean, you know, if you go into an organization, you're interacting with them, um, they're interacting with their customer, you're trying to get sales.
2: I'm, I'm assuming that relationships has got to be critical here. You know, my definition of sales and is sales is relationships, Enhancement. That's it. Sales is nothing else than that. And I thought everybody thinks like that. <laughs> and I was so naive. I was so naive because for many people, sales is just transaction. Like how many shoe boxes did you sell this week? To me, it's always relationship, but this is because I am in the B2B business space. Uh, we don't sell small products, small physical products in big volumes it's only about having a few number of clients per year high touch highly personalized and that's why for me sales is has always been relationship and a very specific flow of that relationship so my most important tool is my crm tool there is nothing that important for me i have 6 7 stages usually and then i i really curate it like a gardener I go, okay, with whom is the conversation where and how can I move the conversation forward to the next step? And I always think, how can I be a good educator, a good challenger and a good solver in that order? So in the beginning of the relationship, if we know each other just from they found, they found me on LinkedIn, I want to be an educator. I want to put out videos per week and say, hey, look, this is how you do your sales more repeatable. Then later on, when we start the conversation, they hop on my phone, etc. I want to be a challenger. Hey, I see that you are doing a lot of Clubhouse. Does Clubhouse really move the needle forward for you? I guess not. And it's my pure intention to tell you this because I don't think this works. So that's the challenging part. And then later, the problem solving part. If they like to be challenged and they continue this conversation and I am the right person at the right point in time to challenge that, now they have accepted me as an authority, as an expert, and now I have the permission to tell them about my offer, which I will do. Now it's my responsibility. Uh, Before that, I would spam people. Right now... Now it's my responsibility. It's my duty. Hey, you know what? I have a 90 days one-to-one coaching that can do exactly that. Want to talk about that? And so that's for me the sales flow. Educate, challenge, and then solve. And and uh, when we solve, we really commit both sides to, to take some of the risk and to to become part of the solution.
1: I think, um, <clears throat> I think you've nailed it. I, you know, I'm a big believer in relationships. In fact, I, you know, relationships is my thing, uh, and, and I think that underpins everything that we do in business, really key to success. Um, Simon, I'm sorry, my friend, we are out of time. We, we, we worked to a clock here and uh, the clock's chimed, time's up. Uh, yep, that's it. So um, if our listeners wanted to get in
2: touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? we hang out at strategysprints.com. And many of these tools like the weekly, monthly, daily habits are open source. So you can grab them on our website, strategysprints.com. Use the tools, they get better, the more people they use them. So they're open source, enjoy them. That's fantastic. Thank you, Simon. That's been a
0: a very interesting conversation for our first guest on the podcast from Austria or Italy and Austria. So we'll just combine those two together. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with the reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and
1: in life.